Hello, and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened. Today with us, we have Lynn Robinson. She's a best-selling author and one of the nation's leading speakers on the hot topic of developing and trusting our intuition. She teaches how to tap into the power of your inner GPS. Her intuitive reading clients consistently praise her uncanny insights as spot on. They report greater personal clarity and a deeper understanding of their purpose and calling. Lynn has authored seven books on intuition that have been published in over 15 languages. Her latest work is called Put Your Intuition to Work. She's also the author of Divine Intuition. She's with us today to discuss how to listen to your inner GPS. We welcome you to our show, Lynn, and we'd love to start with just an overview of how you grew up and how you learned to trust your own inner GPS. Did you always know you had this? You know, I guess I did, although I just never really understood that it was unusual. I thought that everybody kind of had this. But, yeah, I I grew up in this family where kind of nobody really talked to each other. So I think part of how I, I developed my intuition was I was always asking, what's going on? You know, what are people thinking? What's happening over here? And so the answers would start coming in. And honestly, when I teach about intuition now, that's one of the ways that I tell people how to develop their intuition is, asking those questions you know what do I need to know about the situation or what do I need to know about this person and you know the answers as you know probably don't come back in a big booming voice you know here's the answer but it often comes back in those little subtle cues you know a little inner whisper a feeling an aha moment you get drawn to the answer you might have a dream about it so those are all the ways that it started coming back to me and but it's funny I mean I had some kind of funny experiences when I was a kid like you know there was a guy next door when I was about five years old and I kept saying to my mom who's that other lady who's not his wife and it wasn't that I had actually seen him with anybody but I somehow knew I think that he was having an affair (laughs) without having the words for it so I don't know of course probably like many of us who are listening you know always got told you know you're making this up you know so I I think I spent a large part of my childhood thinking it was just me or I had an active imagination it really wasn't until I got into my late teens and early 20s that I really saw it as a gift to develop that seems to be a prime time for people to have their intuition wake up yes i think so i know and and look i'm sure most of us spent a lot of time in you know in our culture where it's we're told something you know something is wrong with you or you're making it up or don't don't talk about this or you're weird or something but i just think honestly it's a gift that we're all hardwired with i think we're all all born with a gift of intuition and you know what I think that when you start to trust it and you start to access it and ask questions and believe that there's sort of a guidance there um, helping you guide your life, um, you develop it even more. So it's kind of like a muscle. I mean, when you, the more you use it, the better you get at it and the louder the voice. I totally agree. Yeah. How, How did you start developing that muscle? Did you take classes? Did you read? Yeah, I I did both. Um, I was always taking classes. I found that really fascinating. And I feel like I, I found kindred spirits when I was in my late teens and early 20s to help me develop that intuition. I, I, I just had a, a whole library full of books on what we used to call ESP. <laughs> that sounds so weird now. Extrasensory perception. <laughs> I think I'm dating myself here. But anyway, I did. And you know, I'm a bit of a risk taker. So I I actually kind of started thinking early on, you know, what if I can make a living at this? And so I started giving readings to friends and friends of friends. I mean, it was pretty informal, 
Um, but then I decided, oh, you know, I kind of talked myself out of it. Like, uh, you know, how do you make a living at this? It's not really, you know, how, it's not possible and I should get a real job, quote unquote. So I ended up in a, in a wide variety of sort of administrative jobs in my early 20s. And I got a job as an operations manager of a software company. And it was one of those things that kind of like felt like golden handcuffs where, you know, it was a great job in terms of the title and the, you know, growing company and great benefits and a great salary. And I was bored out of my mind. <laughs> I just really started thinking about, you know, what if I could make a living doing this real heart-centered business that I love? What if I could make a living counseling people? But, you know, I kept talking myself out of it, thinking, oh, there's no way. I couldn't do it. I couldn't make a living at it. You know, I shouldn't give up the stability. So I spent a few years really not trusting my gut about that and was pretty miserable in the process. And one of the things that I finally ended up doing, I could keep talking here for about this, but I'll tell you how my business launched. Um, so I was the operations manager of a software company and I decided to go to a career counselor and I was talking to her for a few weeks. I decided, oh, maybe I should, you know, maybe I could be a counselor. Or maybe I should go and be a psychologist. We didn't really have coaches back when I started this business. And, but I kept kind of discounting all of them. And during that time, I probably saw her for a few months. During that time, I went to another class on intuition development. And I was, I found I was really good at it. And, and, and so I went back to her and I was totally joking when I said this. I said, you know, I've got it. I'm going to be a psychic. And then I changed the subject. And I said, you know, and then I said, let's get serious about what I should be doing. And, and to her credit, she said, wait a minute you know, why are you discarding that? You know, why not be a psychic? And I, so I gave her all my reasons, you know, I've got this, you know, stable job and I could probably should maybe do this for the next decade and put some money aside. And how do you make a living at being a, you know, a psychic anyway? And how do you start that business? And it's not like there's a help wanted ad in the Boston Globe that's going to, you know, launch my business for me. But she actually was a really wise and smart career counselor. And she actually started talking to me about visualizing and using affirmations. So that was really my first introduction to that kind of thing. So she had me, my homework assignment from, from then on was to just to visualize a successful psychic reading business. And so I imagine an appointment book full of clients. Here I'm dating myself again that I've got actually an appointment book, but it, I digress. <laughs> so I had an appointment full of clients. I imagined that I had um, happy clients. I saw money growing in my bank account. I saw myself being doing spe speaking lectures. Um, and then what happened next was so bizarre. I, about a month after, month or two after I started doing this, a friend of mine who'd been sick for quite a while died. And I, I went to his funeral. I was intending to sit next to a handful of friends that I knew would be there. And I walked in, it was probably a couple hundred people at the funeral service. And I walked in and I heard this woman back of me say, please sit there. And I thought that was kind of odd that there was assigned seating in the funeral home, but I I, I sat down to the, at the seat next to me and next to a woman I didn't know. And I turned to acknowledge the woman who had said that. And there was no one there. <laughs> to yeah. this day, I still don't know whether that was a guide, an angel, my own intuition. I'm not sure. Um, maybe it doesn't matter. But I ended up sitting down next to this woman. Um, and the whole service is going on. And I'm thinking, what was that voice? Why am I sitting here next to a stranger? And at the end of the session and end of the service, rather, she and I started chatting and, you know, kind of just engaging in small talk. And she said, well, what do you do for a living? And have you ever had one of those times where your brain doesn't engage with your mouth? My full intention was to say, yeah. oh, I'm an operations manager of a software company. And I go, I'm a psychic. 
and I was so embarrassed that I had said that. I was just like, oh my gosh. I was like, oh gosh, a, a total stranger. She's going to think I'm really weird. And much to my relief, she said, oh my gosh, I'm so interested in that kind of thing. Would you consider giving me a reading? Well, between you and me and all of our listeners, I really had never done this before beyond the few friends and friends of friends. And so this was the first kind of cold reading I was going to be doing. So I didn't have an office. I didn't have anything. I went over to her house the following week and I gave her a reading and it, and I was so nervous. Oh my gosh, I was just a wreck before I got there, but it worked out really well. She was really easy to talk to and easy to read. And, and then at the, at the end, I said, you know, we didn't really talk about what you do for a living, you know, what do you do? And she said, oh, I thought I told you, I'm a writer for the Boston Globe newspaper. Wow. And she ended up writing a column about me. And over the next few months, I probably got more than 500 clients from that one article. <laughs> so that's wow. how my business got launched. So I feel like it was kind of divinely guided. But honestly, I've really found that that whole process of you know, stating what you want, putting it out there to the universe and holding that vision of it and standing in the vibration of I have it, I'm, I, I'm grateful for it. And being in that vibration has helped me manifest so many weird things in my life. I, and to this day, I still do that. Whenever there's anything new, I just have this whole process where I kind of get up in the morning and I talk to myself as if I already have this thing that I want. And I, I call it standing in the vibration of what I want as if it's in the present moment, as if I already have it. And boy, that's really just so powerful doing that. You know, I think you have to get oh, yeah. stuff. Go ahead, please. I'm rambling. Sorry. On. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you definitely were divinely guided to this. But from what I hear in your story, you responded to the guidance yes. each time. And I think that's just as important as yes. receiving the guidance. Yes, absolutely. Because, you know, you can get those, those, that information, you know, go sit in that chair or go talk to that person or make that phone call or apply for that job or whatever it is that you're getting the guidance about. And you have a free will choice of to not do it. And I have to tell you, one of the things that I, I've learned over and over again through doing intuitive readings is that, yes, you have to act on that intuitive, intuitive information in order to grow that intuition, but also it's really normal to feel scared. Um, I mean, that wasn't particularly scary at the funeral, but more and, you know, so often when I've gotten guidance to do something, you know, to dream bigger, to take a, you know, step forward in my business or, you know, write that first book or, you know, do that first international speech, it felt scary. And I think a lot of people talk themselves out of um, what they want to do or what they're guided to do. Oh, I'm not good enough. Or how could I do that? Or what if people won't like me? Or what if it's not successful? We have a whole litany of things we tell ourselves. So I think to your point, part of being guided is acting on that intuition and feeling the fear and doing it anyway. I think a lot of people interpret the fear as a sign that they're not supposed to do that. Yes, I absolutely so agree with you. Glad to hear yeah. you say that. Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, obviously we do get intuition to say, you know, don't go down that dark street or don't get on that airplane or something where there might be some danger. And to me, there's a differentiator, differentiator between that fear image feeling that says, don't do this, you're in danger. And that fear feeling of I'm totally out of my comfort zone, but I'm going to do it anyway. And I'll give you an example. Um, I think some of this is so individual, but I'll just give you an example in my own life. Um, right after my first book came out, I got a call from, I'll just say a major magazine. And um, 
they said, oh, you know, we want to interview you about intuition and, you know, you're an expert on this and we want to, you know, quote you in the article. And so my, my logical brain, oh, yes, my editor's going to be, publisher's going to be so excited and this is going to be a great opportunity. But everything in me felt like, oh, no, don't do it. And I'm like thinking, am I just scared to do this interview? And, and it felt different. It didn't feel like, like fear, um, I'm out of my comfort zone, or I'm nervous talking to this big, pub, big magazine um, editor. It more felt like don't do it energy. And so much to my, my logical brain was kind of freaking out about this thing. This is a great opportunity. You should do it. But I said, no. And I, I, I look, you know, when we're intuitives, we have a great excuse. I'm sorry, my intuition is just telling me not to do this. So that's what I went with. <laughs> and it was interesting because a few months later, the, the article came out and she was totally making fun of intuitives and intuition and it's all woo woo. And, and I was so glad I wasn't quoted in that article. <laughs> so, you know, but it, I think what's tricky about intuition is sometimes you know something, but you don't know what you know or or really how you're getting that information. So it, it makes your logical brain kind of discounted. It wasn't like there was the voice going, she's going to write an article, you know, talking, making fun of intuitive, so don't do it. It just felt wrong. I just like had the sinking feeling when I thought about picking up the phone and saying yes. So we all get those clues in so many different ways. I think that's an excellent point as far as paying attention to the physical cues that you get. And you talk about that quite a bit in your book, uh, Put Your Intuition to Work, is just if you're getting a gut feeling, if you're getting an anxiety feeling. And Samantha and I have talked to a lot of folks and, and a lot of people that are in our listening audience that are all of a sudden becoming more comfortable with how sensitive they are, how empathic they are. And we talk, would you mind talking a little bit about some physical cues that people could could use as a barometer. Yeah. And you know, the thing about intuition is that we all get it a little differently. Like if I'm making an intuitive decision about my own life, I might get it more in a felt sense or on a ha, like a knowing. Um, when I'm doing an intuitive reading for somebody, it often comes a lot through images and feelings. So, and I, all of this is very individual to each of us. So I, what I would suggest for people listening is think back to a time where you made a decision, maybe good or bad outcome, and just think about, if you can, how did you get an intuition about it? Did you have that pit in the bottom of your stomach that said, oh, I shouldn't be doing this? Um, did you get tight shoulders? You know, those are common things, getting maybe a little bit of a headache, or some people get tingly feelings. And the opposite is true, too. If you're making a decision about going in a good direction, you might feel like your heart is open, or you might feel at peace, or you might feel like your crown chakra opening up. So there's so many different ways to get it. And sometimes it does depend on the type of decision you're making. Um, I would say probably the easiest way when somebody says, oh, I don't get in, in I, I'm not intuitive. The easiest way to, for me to describe intuition is if you're making a decision and you feel excited or energized or curious or open or relieved, those are all signs to continue going in that direction. If you feel on the opposite end of it, shut down, your heart feels closed, you've had that sinking feeling, you have a pit in the bottom of your stomach, you just feel bored by the decision, that's usually your intuition saying don't go there or try to move away from it. Um, but I think we're always getting those messages and so part of it is just being kind of tuned into what your messages are and how you get that information. 
other people get dreams a lot. I mean, I think that's a, a really big way to get intuitive messages, asking for a dream. So there's so many different ways. There's no one way that's the right way. I agree. It's, it's about tuning in and tapping in and trusting that inner GPS. I think for empaths in particular, it can be difficult because empath, empathic people tend to pick up other people's energy. Right. And so they kind of have to sift through what's mine and what's yours. Do you do any work with the psychic protection techniques or how do you help people discern which emotion is theirs in yeah. their psychic sponges? Yeah, and that's such a good question because that is really tricky. And I, I remember very strongly having to go through that myself. I remember one time when I was probably had done too many readings in one day and I was kind of wide open and kind of hadn't shut myself down. I remember walking into a mall after I'd done all those readings for the day and I just walked in and went, oh my gosh, that that guy's really worried about his wife and this one has cancer and this one's, you know, is having an affair. And it's like, I was like getting flooded with all this information about these random strangers. And it was like, I, I finally just went home and went to sleep and that kind of cleared the energy. But um, I often will just do a white light meditation where I fill and surround myself with light. I might do grounding exercises where I'll go for a walk in nature and really make sure that I'm, you know, kind of grounding into the you know, into the earth. Um, the other thing that I do when I can't do any of those techniques and I just feel overwhelmed, I and I'm not sure what's mine and what somebody else's, is I, I'll ask, I'll put my hand over my heart because I feel like it gets me out of my logical brain and just simply ask, you know, what's mine to act on right now? Is there anything that I should be doing or need to be doing right now? And I just try to kind of pull my energy in closer to me so that I'm not reaching out into everybody else's. So it's like I kind of bring it closer. What do you guys do? I'm really curious what techniques you might do. I'm interviewing you now. <laughs> Turn the tables on you here. But what do you guys do? Because I think that's such a good question. Well, I think it's so important. I, I always teach people to set boundaries in their day-to-day -day life. Yeah. Because if, if you set boundaries with the people in your life on a, you know, in this normal world we go through, then you're going to automatically set boundaries in your intuitive world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I really think it starts with a day-to-day -day practice of, well, I read this book years ago called Sacred Selfishness, mm -hmm. and it really uh, helped me so much. And I try to go through my day now being sacredly selfish. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not always, you know, pushing... I call it when you talked about tucking your energy in, I know exactly what you mean. Cause when I do a reading for someone, I almost imagine myself like an octopus and I, mm -hmm. I put my little tendrils out into their energetic field mm -hmm. and then I kind of read it that way. Yeah. And then I like your idea of the hand on the heart. Cause I just, that's what I'll do is I'll kind of tuck in my energy so that I don't feel other people's energy. But I really think it starts with the day to day practice of owning your own empowerment. Mm -hmm. How about you, Denise? Well, if I, I can so relate to doing the readings all day. I did that yesterday, and then when I was driving home, I had to run in the store, and I just felt like I was peppered with emotional hail when I walked in the store, oh, and I because I forgot to shut myself down when I left the place that I was at. And I a lot of times, if I'm still... I'll, I'll ask for help. I'll say, if, if I'm working with people and I get that overwhelmed feeling, I'll say, 
I always pray and ask, please get my ego out of the way and let me be a vessel. I always, I mean, I always do that before I work with anyone, but if I'm still engaged in doing readings and I feel like I'm getting caught up in someone else's energy rather than, than being the conduit, I always ask, please get my ego out of the way. And it's, it's, it's something that I've worked on for many years and it's like someone flips a switch and I kind of step out and I love that. Um, another thing is I do, I, and I've mentioned this before on the show is sometimes I'll, visualize pushing the energy back if someone's coming into my space too much mm -hmm. and and if they can't see me if it's remote or if i'm whatever i will physically put my hands up and push it back because i think that that's i and i'll say no thank you in my head that this mm -hmm. isn't mine to own and i i agree with samantha i agree with both of you i think we all need to find the tools that work best for us but also to share amongst ourselves as like-minded folks of what can you do to protect yourself to help each other? And especially with so many people just beginning this work or just opening up. Right. Oh, great techniques. You get, you guys added to my library of techniques here. So perfect. <laughs> I'm so glad I get to interview you too. <laughs> Don't you guys kind of wish that everybody just, even if it was just for one day, could do a day of reading? Yeah. Because when I started doing readings like that, you know, back to back, I realized that the little psychic hints I got, like you were saying, like, oh, that person's having an affair or that one's worried about money. I realized I was getting those my whole life, but I was always disregarding them. Yes. I would say, oh, you've got such an imagination or don't, don't judge that person. You don't even know them. And then when I started doing readings, boom, 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 like that, I would, I would realize, oh my gosh, that really isn't because they would validate it. Yeah, that yeah. is what's going on. Right. And I kind of wish everybody had an opportunity to do that because it would help them trust that inner GPS. And, you know, the other reason I wish that everybody could do this is that when you really start doing readings for people, you realize that we all struggle, you know, and you can see behind okay. and beyond why someone might come off as mean or snobby or distant or whatever. Um, you know, we project on people. Why are they doing that? And we make up a story about them. But gosh, when you really tune in and you see the individual vulnerabilities, you know, you realize, gosh, we, a lot of us have a really hard path that we're walking in life, you know, whether we've got a spouse who's sick or we're worried about our kids or we've got a physical ailment ourselves or we're concerned about losing our jobs or, oh my gosh, you know, so many things. I mean, I obviously, you know, or at least obvious to me that we're here on this earth plane to learn and to grow. And, and, and so I think it's a schoolhouse. And so, but you really, when you're just meeting somebody who looks super successful, you just think they've got, they haven't got any issues. <laughs> There's, they've got life so easy yeah. and you realize it's yeah, right. not true <laughs> exactly yeah and you feel so connected to them that's, that's very true I, I want to um, not switch gears or anything but I, I'm fascinated by the work you do with businesses and companies could you talk a little bit about how you use your intuitive ability to help people in the business world? Yeah, and that's been really a fun part of my business, the Put Your Intuition to Work book. My latest book is more of a business, using intuition in business kind of book. And that's been really fascinating for me. I, um, a lot of people, I mean, look, let's face it, people in business are just folks like the rest of us, you know, the rest of our clients. But it's interesting kind of tuning into um, 
trends in business or a lot of people call me for I've got a problem employee or I've got a you know business partner that I'm struggling with or I'm not sure which direction to take my business in or you know how should I begin marketing this or there's somebody that I don't really entirely trust and I just want to see what you get about that person so in a way it's kind of like a business version of a regular reading it's not it's really that different but maybe just some different kind of trends and you know it's all and I think because my skill set is more tuning into people and understanding why they tick and um, or how you know what's going on with them so a lot of people business people use my skills to uh, before they hire somebody before they're like a, I have several companies that are ad agencies and public relations companies that will um, use have a session with me before um, they pitch new business you know what's the decision maker looking for you know how should I you know respond or I've got a difficult conversation coming up with the CEO of my company and how should I talk to her about this and so those are fun I, I enjoy doing this I have a lot of clients more who are kind of entrepreneurs and who have small businesses startup businesses so that seems to be part of what I, I like to do and seems to be part of what I've attracted you're like fulfilling the career counselors vision yeah. who helped you at the beginning yeah. Yes, exactly. I know. I know. The other fun part of what I do is, um, I, it, this was kind of an interesting manifestation story, the beginning of it, but I, I really wanted to do more work internationally. And I, so I, at first I started to do all the heavy lifting, which I means, I, you know, okay, you know, what, what conferences are out there internationally? What could I apply for as a speaker? You know, how could I get this business? And then I thought, this is really way too hard. So I started visualizing it again. And I just saw myself standing on a stage and I imagined myself flying business class. So I had fun, great fun with that visualization. And this guy came into my office for a reading. I used to do um, sessions in person in Boston. And so um, now I just do them on via phone and Skype and Zoom. But um, a guy came into my office and and um, he, I, we joke about this now, but he, he kind of looked, I, I would say kind of homeless. He looked rather shabby and he was kind of slumped in the, on the sofa in my office. And, and, and usually people come to me and say, oh, here's what I want to talk about. And, you know, some nutshell version. And, and he just said, I just want to see what you get about me. And so I, I always close my eyes and I ask inside my own mind, I just go, what can I say to be helpful to this person? And then I just see what comes. That's how I kind of begin the readings. And despite the fact that there's a guy who looks very depressed and, and very down in his luck sitting in front of me, all I'm, I'm getting images like a chauffeur-driven limousine and I'm seeing him speaking to thousands of people and I'm seeing a best-selling book and he's writing lots of books. And in my mind, and this is where, where you were saying, Denise, to kind of get your ego out of the way, I, I was saying, oh my gosh, I must be wrong. I can't, probably can't give a reading to this guy. This is totally wrong. <laughs> oh my God, this just isn't this guy sitting in front of me. But I couldn't get anything out. So I finally opened my eyes and I said, well, I'm seeing a chauffeur-driven limousine, big, you know, big speaking events, best-selling author. And he looks up and he sits up straight and goes, oh my God, how did you know all that? So it turned out like he's like Tony Robbins or Wayne Dyer over in Japan. <laughs> wow. I know. So that totally shocked me. And it, the shorter version of the story is he ended up inviting me and my husband over to Japan um, for several years. And now he refers clients to me. And so a lot of them are business clients. And it's really fun. I have a translator on the phone with me and, and we talk via Zoom. But there are a lot of business clients who are all kind of thinking about how to grow their businesses, you know, what kind of employees to hire, what's their calling and purpose. And it's so much fun. I just love doing that, except for the fact that I have to do it at 630 in the morning because it's late at night over there. But oh, well. I'm still grateful for it. That's a great story. Yeah. Do you have a process that you use before you start doing your readings? 
like a, yeah. you know, like I open up my chakras and I do this whole thing. Do you have something like that as well? Or do you yeah, just jump I sit, in? usually sit and I, I'll meditate for about five minutes or so before the session. And I try to tune in and get the, the kind of the essentials of what it is that I'm being asked to talk about with that client before I hear their story. Cause I, it's hard. I think when somebody starts out and goes, you know, here's the whole, thing here's my whole story and I you know and it's hard to then discern what my intuition is versus the story that I'm hearing so I I'll just try to sit and meditate and see what the general themes are and the messages that I'm supposed to be relaying and um, so I'll just surround fill and surround myself with a white light of you know universal mind and I just sit there in this channel of light and I just ask that only that which is good and needful may enter and that's kind of where I start I'll put the the boundary or the kind of like I just see myself sitting in a channel of light so, and I do something similar to, I think what you were saying, Denise, is if that somebody starts draining me or whatever, I'll just kind of, again, really visualize that channel of light with a boundary around it so that I'm not kind of, I feel like it's leaking energy, you know, if I'm, and then I kind of pull it back if I feel that way. But um, if it feels like it's kind of leaking or I'm getting exhausted or tired or drained or something. But um, yeah, that's the process that I use. Um, that, that seems to work. I know others have much more elaborate processes. I think before, when I first started out, I had a much more elaborate process to doing it, but I, that seems like my shortcut version now, I have to admit. <laughs> <laughs> and don't you find your streamline over the years? Yes. You, just, you, you get, and it becomes not, not autopilot or automated, but it becomes a comforting ritual that like it causes, well, my opening thing is it connects me immediately. It's like, boom. Yeah the light yeah. switch i'm in right yeah and it used to be that it would take me a lot longer to get there yeah. and it was probably a little bit of my own anxiety of you know are they going to like me you know will i you know will i do okay honestly and this will make some people feel better but honestly when i first started my business and i had all those clients coming in um from that newspaper article i had i used to sit in my office and cry before people would come in and it was oh my gosh what are they going to find out i don't know what the hell i'm doing how did this ever happen and you know they're going to think i'm really a fraud and you know i've seen learned that that's such a normal thing I mean not necessarily crying in your office but that fear and anxiety I think before we start anything new like that you know that the learning curve is really steep so at that point I was doing all of these rituals I had like my crystals around and I was doing all these meditations and I was you know please guides be with me oh my gosh and it was a lot of it was out of anxiety and but now I just find Kind of like what you were saying, Denise, it's like kind of just opening up. It's like a little switch that I can turn on and I'm standing in that channel of light or I, I call it, I, I you know, I, I dwell in this infinite light and this infinite love. And that's how I feel like I, that's how the switch gets turned on to open up to the information. Oh, that's lovely. I appreciate you sharing that because I think we all have been there and we have all gone through that. And like you said, with any new thing, but I think being an intuitive, it's different. You know, mm -hmm. you can't rest on your laurels. You can't rely on your reputation with each client. You know, you, you've got to, you got to show up and do the work. Yeah. And you know, let's, well, I think also there are some clients that are a little more difficult to read than others. Um, and I, I didn't understand that at first, you know, I might have one really difficult client. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I've lost it. I can't tune in. What's wrong with me? And then the next client would be great. And so I do think that there's some people, I mean, I, I kind of do the, uh, somewhat the same thing that you do, Samantha, when you were talking about like kind of tuning in or I think you put your octopus tentacles. I mean, my sense of it is that I kind of feel like I, I stand 
like in them, like almost like feel like I'm seeing the world through their eyes. And what does it feel like? And what are they thinking? And what what are some of the thoughts that they they consist uh, they they think all the time? You know, what is what's their belief system? And um, and so it. It, it, sometimes when somebody's really shut down or they're super depressed or they feel very hopeless, it's a little hard to work through that dense energy. And, yeah. um, and, and, kind of, and it's also, you know, you're, you're really having to gain somebody's trust very quickly as well. Um, because I think that the more open somebody is, the easier it is. I don't mean just say, saying, you know, talking about themselves, but more that they've got an open heart, they're receptive. It's a lot easier to kind of, the information seems to flow through much more quickly. Easily, you can tell from their body language mm -hmm. right away. I, I don't do in-person readings anymore either. But when I used to, I could tell by the way they sat in the chair opposite me if they yeah. were going to have an open energy or a closed energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, if they crossed their arms, I would, I would get really anxious, going, "Oh no, this is going to be harder." Yeah, and so yeah, yeah, it definitely can get challenging. What are some things that people listening to? We have a lot of intuitives who listen to this show, but we have a lot of people who don't believe they're intuitive and, and just know that they're empathic and that they feel things a lot. What are some things that people could do today to start to test and jumpstart their intuition? I would say that asking their intuition questions, and I like asking questions that evoke more than a yes or no answer. So not, you know, should I take this job or yes or no, or, you know, should I date this guy? Yes or no. But, uh, but what do I need to know about this? Or I'd like, in, or just a statement, I'd like information about this person or this situation. And I, I almost always how do I want to put it? I don't always get that information right away when I do it for myself. I mean, I would love to say, having done this work for 30 years, that I sit there and go, what's the lottery number? And it just comes to me, <laughs> but it doesn't. <laughs> Darn. Um, or even, you know, a question about, you know, a decision I'm making in my life. But what I find is that when I um, hold the question and I just say, okay, you know, I'm, I'm open for guidance about this issue or this question today. And I'll just find that I have an aha moment. I might get drawn to a magazine article or I might overhear a conversation or um, something just might occur to me or I might have a dream about it that night. It's like those are the ways the answers come. So I try to pay attention to those things. I also am a big fan of asking for a sign. Um, in fact, I had the funniest experience the other day. I don't know about you, but you know, I, I find sometimes when I'm praying or I'm asking for guidance, I sometimes wonder, is anybody out there listening to me? It's like, you know, because a lot of what we do is so intangible. You know, you're, you're operating on these vague kind of feelings and nudges and things like that. So I had one of those moments a few weeks ago where I was going, you know, is anybody listening? I, I was like, I need a sign. And I, I, I had this girlfriend that I was talking to and she said, you know, I ask for very specific weird signs. So it's like, I won't you know, when they show up, I'll just know that that's my sign. So she said, think of something. And she thought of a pink, was it a pink pig or something? So I thought, well, I'm just going to think about purple feathers. And I'm thinking there's no purple birds around here that I know of. So purple feathers, if I run into purple feathers, that's going to be it. And so um, I live on Cape Cod. 
my husband and I decided to go for a walk down by the ocean. We had to go drive there. And as we were driving through the town, there was this big craft fair. And I'm a total sucker for craft fairs. And But there was parking was just, I was totally packed. And I, I, I said, okay, well, you know, let's just go for a walk. And But as we were just getting past the craft fair, this guy pulls out of his parking space, stops traffic, and motions us into his space. I'm thinking, well, that's a nice thing. That's a nice sign right there. So we parked. I walk into the craft fair. And I literally rounded a corner and bumped right into a mobile full of purple feathers. Wow. I'm like, okay, guys, that was a winner. You know, that was a total winner. <laughs> I mean, it's just amazing to me. You know, I feel like spirit has a really good sense of humor sometimes. But, you know, it's like that gave me so much confidence. Okay, you are hearing me. Okay, let's go for something bigger here than purple feathers, for goodness sake. Um, <laughs> But I think I used to ask for um, specific signs as well. Mm-hmm. And one time I was having the same moment you're talking about. And I just said, I'm not even going to ask for a specific sign. I just want a sign that you all are listening and haven't forgotten me. And so I got in my car to pick up my kids from school, as I always do. And this truck pulls out in front of me and it had the big advertising wrapped around it. And it was a company called A Sign from Above. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that is amazing oh i love that that is a great story wow wow you know but i do think that spirit has a sense of humor the other example that i could well this isn't exactly a sign but somewhat uh, when i was in japan one time i think it was the first time i'd gone there and i was like oh my gosh i had just you know taken on too much it was like too many workshops too many readings that i was exhausted and then i was going to fly to okinawa to go and um to do a whole day seminar and I really was exhausted I mean I was sort of beyond exhausted it was like kind of scary exhausted and I my husband was traveling with me and I said I just want my mommy I don't know why that kept coming I just want my mommy and the next when I flew to Okinawa there was supposed to be somebody at the airport holding up a sign that said Lynn Robinson and her name was Akina so Akina was supposed to meet me and so we're getting out of the airport in Okinawa and I again said to Gary my husband I said I just want my mommy I just want to be taken care of and and this there's so this big sign this woman is holding a big sign this is my name Lynn Robinson on it and I went up to introduce myself in broken Japanese to say you know hi are you Akina-san and and she said oh no Akina-san couldn't be here my name is mommy I'm here to take care of you oh <laughs> i know so yeah i her, her name was tamami but her nickname was mommy and that was who she was that was and she took care of me the whole time i was there it was so nice thinking oh my god spirit has a great sense of humor and really when you ask to be taken care of they really they they go out of their way and you can't make that stuff up no 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 i know <laughs> I know. It's kind of astounding. I just, it really amazes me how. But what I want all of our listeners to hear is you always ask. Yes. Yeah. Every story you've told begins with you asking, and I think that's really key. Yeah. Yeah, because I I really have gotten the message many times when I'm doing readings for other people that they have all of these angels and guides and, you know, I mean, however you think about them, you know, helpers on the other side. And it's like they've got big signs that say we're unemployed. And I keep thinking, at first when I saw that, I was thinking, what the heck is this that I'm seeing? And I realized the message I got back from their, their helpers was just, they're not a, this person is not asking us for help. We're here. And, and, and that really developed over a period of time where I really became, be, began to understand that 
we have a lot of helpers on the other side and often they're here to help us with a specific thing like i i know that i have guides that help me with my books i, I really got in touch with that when i wrote the divine intuition book and i think that they're also here to help us with various things whether it's a relationship that's we're having difficulty with or a health challenge or a work issue or anything else friendship um there there's guides here and ask for them and even though i do this for a living again i don't always get them going hi lynn you know here's what you need to do it just I, when I ask them for help, I find that, that like things start showing up for me, you know, like the right person that I get introduced to or the right idea comes to me or or something will, will show up. So it's really quite, I don't think we're here alone. I think we've got a lot of helpers on the other side. I have teams that help me with aspects of my business, you know, marketing teams and PR teams. And I, I just kind of start my day going, you know, I don't know, I don't think I, I'm hearing you right now, but I'm going to trust that you're hearing me and here's what I could use some help with. And inevitably, you know, something shows up. And I think also to, to look for those signs, to look for that help and acknowledge it when it does come. And you just made an incredibly important point about the trust that if it, if it doesn't show up, know that they're there. They will yeah. get back to you. Right. They might yeah. not be on speed dial, but they will get back to you and they'll, yeah. they'll let you know that they've got your back. Yeah. So I think that they're always there and I think that they really want to help. And look, I also just really want to encourage people to trust their own intuition because, you know, there's, I think our world is in a really tough place right now. And it, it, it can't tolerate all of us putting our light under a basket, you know, and saying, oh, I can't do it, or I'm not good enough, or Lynn or Denise or Samantha can do this, but I can't, or, you know, whatever it is that you want to do, whether it's to be a healer, or whether it's to be an intuitive, or to be a great teacher, or anything that you want to be. I think the biggest challenge I find when I'm doing a reading for people is that they talk themselves out of the thing that they're being called to do. We think too small. Um, you know, oh, you know, I'm not good enough, or Denise and Samantha, when they'd be so much better than me, you know, I could never do that, or I don't have the education, you know, oh, gosh, I mean, that's probably one of the biggest things that negative self-talk, I hear that all the time, it's like one of the things I kind of like the guides will start to tell me, this person is thinking, not that I'm a mind reader, but it's like the general theme of how they're thinking, and, mm -hmm. uh, and I think it's important to acknowledge that and, and start shifting it to what would make me feel better or how can I take a next step even though I feel scared. Those little small baby steps that we take to move towards the thing we're excited about. When you do that, every time you take a step, something else will open up and something else. You'll get introduced to the right person or a right new idea or right opportunity. And it's like, it, but it almost like the analogy I like to use and kind of to go back to that inner GPS, when you think about the GPS in your car, if you program it saying, I want to go here, it doesn't start to give you directions until you put the foot, your foot down on the accelerator. And so in real life, I think the way that works is you have to say, okay, here's where I want to go. I want to start that business or I want to do this thing. And you have, you're be, you'll be guided to the next step. You don't always know all of the steps to get there. And there's a certain amount of trust and faith that you have to have, but it's like taking that those next baby steps and that all of a sudden you're you know you're there you know that the business will start or the relationship will start or the, the health crisis will begin to heal and I just think that the universe has our back what do you say to people um, sometimes I do life coaching and, and I'll have clients who will say I don't know where I want to direct my GPS I don't know what my passion is mm -hmm. what, would, what would you yeah. advise them to 
And such a good question, because I hear that a lot too in varying ways. And what I tell people to do is to is think about what it makes them happy, or maybe sometimes even that's too strong of a word for some people. What are they curious about? What interests them today? Um, and start taking steps towards that. And it may seem very illogical, like, wow, I just want to go to the library. Well, how the heck am I going to make a living doing that? You know, it's like your, your brain wants to go, that's not an option, you know, or uh, just call a friend or go for a walk or do something. And I think that it's just following those little tiny things about what makes you feel excited or interested or curious and taking steps towards those things, whether it's a class or a book or an informational interview, that st starts to open you up. But it's also, I think, what I what I say to those clients is that is have the faith that there is something here that you're supposed to do and and kind of I like the phrase let me be open to possibilities um, I'll tell you a technique that I find really helpful um, it's got three parts to it and I think of it as sort of my intuitive business plan when what I what I start with is is kind of thinking about what do I want my life to look like? And I get what you're saying, Samantha, that sometimes people don't know what that is. So the question I like to ask people is, what am I yearning for? Because to me, that's a really soul level question. It's not, what do I want? Oh, I want a Mercedes in the driveway, or I want, you know, a six-figure income this year, or, you know, I want to be a best-selling author. I mean, a lot of people don't know that, but what am I yearning for? So it might be more community, or more ways of being of service, or, you know, to experience more kindness, or have more adventure. And so I just try to, like, I'll create a vision board, because sometimes when you don't have the words for it, the pictures can represent what you want, and the, the feel of what you want to go for and then in the second step I as I said earlier I kind of I start my day with a meditation and I talk to myself as if I already have what I want and even though you may not know the specifics you can say really general things like, oh, I'm just feeling so happy in my life right now and things have really had a way of working out. I'm finding new ways to be of service. I'm finding my passion. You know, people, I feel excited as I go to work each day. I talk to myself as if the thing has already happened. And again, to get a little woo-woo and metaphysical, what I've been told by my guides is that when you stand in the energy of that vibration and you're, you're kind of dwelling and feeling the essence of that, all of those remarkable things that could happen to you and that you you know you surround yourself with the vibration of it it's like that's when you really begin the core of manifesting it in, re in reality and then the final step of what I do before I open my eyes I put my hand over my heart and I just say what could I do today to move in this direction and I pay attention to what comes to me like what's the first thing and again it can be a really small thing it doesn't necessarily be write a book or something big like that it could be tweak my website or do some research or find a career coach or take a class or go call up my friend or you know it's like whatever has energy to it and and it's really sometimes when I feel like kind of shut down and you know I don't have a big vision I just try to t take those little baby steps and as I do it and I follow what makes me excited Though that's when life really starts to open up. That's great advice. That's exactly how you have to do it. Tune your GPS yeah. to the emotion and yeah. the experience you want. Yeah. Now, your, um, your website is lynnrobinson.com. 
Right. Tell people what they can find there because you have so much cool stuff on your website. I know. I do. I know. I was just thinking that. I was going over my website in the last week and going, wow, there's a lot of stuff there. Yeah, because there's videos about how to trust your, use your intuition. There's little uh, mini podcasts that I've done. There's quizzes. I have an intuition newsletter that comes out every week. Um, so I have a, um, all of my books, my divine intuition book and the put your intuition to work book are all there. Um, so lots of things, lots of resources, most of which are free. And I also do you a weekly newsletter. I do a weekly newsletter. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So I try to post oh. some techniques and, you know, some ideas about how to develop your, I love writing. I think that's like my big passion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, your books are wonderful. Can you tell her what you were telling me about her writing style? It's a nice compliment. Oh, I wish I could remember what I said. (laughs) (laughs) You were saying how how her writing is so easy to read and understand. and yes. I mean, your style is so user-friendly. I mean, I just, and what I love, and this is not a shameless plug, but when I was reading through your book, put your intuition to work. You, it's one of those books you can randomly open it up yeah. and find exactly what you need. Yeah. And, and it's, it's all so useful and succinct and clear. And it's like, it, it's exactly like listening to the way you speak, which I think is always a sign of a, a true writer is oh, you can so hear nice. their voice. You yeah. can hear this. And I just want to jump back just a second. So I don't forget this is I think when you were talking about taking those baby steps and not comparing when you are able to trust yourself enough to take those little steps, you get in the place where you're not trying to be someone else. And one, when you're coming from that place of essence, it it can't be replicated. Mm -hmm. It really, it's you. It's what you're bringing to the table with your divine team. And I, I just love the way you describe that. And that seems to be a theme throughout your book. And also through a lot of the, the information on your website is you know, find what works for you, trust your own inner knowing and, and just pay attention because mm-hmm. it's all right there for us. Yeah. You know, cause I'm, I just know when in the first um, few years of my business, I just was looking, listening to everybody else. You know, I tend to be a little bit more of an introvert, which I think a lot of us empaths are. And I was going to all these workshops with people who were, who are extroverts, you know, go to those networking events, you know, go to the, you know, do all the speaking, be out there, meet people. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I've got to do that to succeed. I hate this. And, you know, I think for me, you know, being more of an introvert, the writing and, and, you know, really connecting with people through my books and through the newsletters and through the podcasts that I've been doing, you know, those are the ways that I feel like introverts can connect to others. But that was really from my own inner GPS. It's like, you know, I remember just like, like having a near nervous breakdown when I was trying to work with this one guy who was like this big marketing guru. And I was like, Oh, I can't do what he's doing. Oh my gosh. And I just heard that voice of my own spirit going, Lynn, you have to find your own way, you know, listen to what we're saying. There's a way to succeed, to do it your way. And so I think to your, your point, Denise, you know, just listening to that, that inner GPS, because it will show you how to do it your way. I mean, you know, we all like to listen to the gurus and the experts out there, but we're really our own inner experts. Exactly. And just the, the plethora of, of actual usable tools that you're gifting everyone through your books and also your website, you can hone that into what works best for yeah. you. 
You know, it, I thank you for acknowledging that because honestly, that one of the things that I really try to do is make the stuff less woo woo and much more mm -hmm. practical. And, and, you know, because I think that there's so many books out there that talk about, oh, it's important to trust your intuition, but nobody really tells you how to do it, you know? So I think that there's a lot of, and it, it is such a, it's not a tangible skill. I mean, I, you guys would probably agree, but often when I'm doing a reading, these little fleeting little thoughts and ephemeral, you know, thinking kind of comes through my head. It's almost like trying to remember a dream or capture it. And it's like, that's how the information comes through. It's not coming through going, say this to the client. It's just little <laughs> random little pieces of little feathers of information that kind of come through my consciousness. And, you know, I, it's like, those are the ones I have to pay attention to because those are the ones that have real gold in them. But it's also as more and more people, I love that, you know, you, you do work with the corporate world, which mm -hmm. isn't generally a woo-woo community. No. I have to change my language. <laughs> but it, it energetically, it does for a lot of people that I talk with from my own life in general, it seems to be blending. Mm -hmm. I agree. The worlds are blending very much and yep. people are, you know, we're big on saying everyone's waking up. They're becoming more in tune, but equally people that are, um, I'm thinking of my son that's very mechanically engineer type of thinking. He's starting to rely on this more. He'll dream how to fix things. He'll yeah. so there there seems to be more of a correlation between yes. both sides of the hemispheres now of the yeah. brain. Yeah. In fact, one of my favorite techniques I learned from this group of engineers that I gave a talk to one time. This guy came up to me at the end of the class and he said, "You know how engineers are always known for their pocket protectors, where they have their pens stuck." I suppose again, I'm dating <laughs> myself. I don't even know if they do that anymore because everybody's on a computer. But I digress. Anyway, he kept um, he kept a three by five card um, in his little pocket protector and he called it his intuition card and he whipped it out and he said I put a question on it every day and it was like his question for the day was you know how can we increase the number of widgets in our factory or something like that mm -hmm. and he said throughout the day I will think about that question and I'll receive the answer and it might be through talking to one of my employees or you know or one of my customers or I might read an article and he said I just jot down the answers that I'm getting and by the end of the day I've got a whole card full of answers but that was his intuitive card that's how he how we did it so I love yeah, that yeah I thought that was a really neat technique but yeah I agree with you I'm finding that a lot more people who you think are kind of hardcore business pinstripe suit kind of people are really open to this stuff you know I mean mm -hmm. I think meditation people are meditating in, in corporations and you know really valuing and a lot of people who I work with feel like they've got a really big calling and you know they're very spiritual um so it's it is a blending i think and give these skills to this younger generation coming in who are yeah. wired very differently right exactly yeah yeah, yeah. no totally gosh it's you been know, fun talking um, to you guys this hour has gone by so fast <laughs> i know no um when people go to your website they can they can take the quizzes they're free they're interactive mm -hmm. um and it'll guide people and 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 give you pointers to so that they can determine what type of intuitive they are. They can order your books there and see your upcoming events. But we will also link all of that up to our Facebook page as well. Great. But we really hope that everybody checks out her website because there really is so much on there. And if you oh, sign good. up for her newsletter, you get one in your box every week. Wow. So it's lynnrobinson.com and my first name is L-Y-N-N. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on our show. We have really enjoyed talking to you. Oh, thanks so much. It's been fun talking to you. Really, the hour went by so fast talking to you guys. Thank you, Lynn. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
And thank you, everybody, so much for listening to our show. We hope you enjoyed it. If you have a moment this week, please tell a friend about our show or leave us a review on iTunes. It helps people to find us. Don't forget that you can always connect with us on Facebook, Enlightened Empaths, or you can send us an email, enlightenedempaths at gmail.com. In the meantime, we hope that you always remember to show up, do great work, and share your light. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.